Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Peter Doak here and it's time for the PDG Advertising Podcast for Wednesday, the 1st of May 2019. Today we had a really interesting question um, from, from Anthony actually from all the way across that other desk and it was, and we, we do a lot of email marketing and it's a key part of Anthony's role and obviously a very key part of my role to to make sure that um, we do the best job that we possibly can but there is a lot of email marketing provider platforms out there and today Anthony asked what why some customers use MailChimp and why some customers use Entreport. There are other ones that we use right now with our customers. Um, there's another one actually just that we use. It's called Infusionsoft. Oh, there's another one as well. So there's one called, in, so the, the main one, the most popular one that people use is MailChimp. There's another one called Entreport that people use. So Five of our customers use MailChimp. One of our customers uses Entreport. Another one of our customers uses Infusionsoft, um, which is actually now called Keep, K-E-A-P, rebranded. And another one of our customers uses ActiveCampaign. So I think all of these platforms, the most of them anyway, in terms of email marketing, now it's not just Mailchimp, Infusionsoft, Entreport, and Active Campaign. There's other ones out there like um, Reach Mail. There's Constant Contact. There is HubSpot. I think you could call it an email marketing platform, but the, a lot of them are the same. Plat- the same base platform, so they, they, they do the same function, they email your contact list. But I suppose it's the difference between um, uh, maybe a, a car, a small car like a, like a car or a Ford Focus or something like that. I don't know if that's, that's my car, Ford Focus, but it's like the a base level car you know it gets you from a to b but if you want you know a car that drives itself like a tesla you know it's a different kind of car and it's created quite differently so the spectrum of email marketing platforms that's out there uh, mailchimp is the most common that we see it has the lowest barrier to entry of the email marketing platforms and it's very easy to use but its functionality is quite low it fundamentally does one thing it holds your email list and it allows you to email out to the whole list or segments of the list it allows a level of automation it also allows a level of form building Um, it is moving more towards being able to tag content contacts you might be able to do that now, but I know a year ago when 
you used to be able to sorry you used not to be able to tag contacts in mailchimp was the reason why our customers and other advertisers look towards other more sophisticated platforms now there's a really interesting jump between whenever you move from mailchimp to let's say active campaign for now active campaign is um a platform that's very similar to um MailChimp, but it allows a higher level of um, sophistication in terms of funneling and tagging contacts. It's entirely possible that MailChimp is now able to do everything that these other more um, sophisticated, and I put in sophisticated in um, quotation marks because I'm not sure MailChimp is that much behind now. It's just the the state it was in, in you know, six months ago, meant that those other platforms, the Infusionsoft, the um, Underport, and the active campaigns of the world, they allowed for more um, sophisticated segmentation and automation and triggering of emails. So if someone lands on your website and they're in your email list and you have the code installed on your website, it can trigger off an email and send off an email to that person. On MailChimp, that was practically um, impossible. If someone landed on your website, and you wanted to tag them on your CRM. Fundamentally, that's what all these email platforms are. They're customer relationship management platforms. It, what could have happened before was you were able to, you are able to tag people on Underport if they've visited your website or taken an action on your website or purchased. And there's just a lot more ability for an e-commerce store or, or something um, that's, that, that, that's quite functional online to link up with rather than MailChimp because it just didn't allow those. Now, it could be that MailChimp has moved on and is much more um, involved in the overall customer journey and, and you're able to, to track things on it. But but that's where my that's that's why we have some customers that have used MailChimp but then had to move on to more sophisticated platforms. It's something that we'll review and find out if MailChimp does have the ability to tag and you know manage your overall customer base better than it used to but here's the rub here's the thing that's different about mailchimp i know that mailchimp off the bat you're able to create pretty beautiful emails in mailchimp and the ability to do that without some heavy html coding experience in Underport, infusionsoft the active campaigns of the world it's not not half as easy or a quarter as easy as it is in mailchimp um, they're very user-friendly in terms of the way that they allow you to build um, emails. I have found that platforms on the internet, the best ones that you can find are ones that have one sole purpose. I think it's when you try to bring in other functionality that other providers are, are doing to a platform is when it starts to go a bit wrong. So MailChimp is really good at beautiful emails, but not so good at tagging. Underport, excellent at tagging, but a nightmare to use for configuring emails with their drag and drop editor. It's it's unpleasant, um, but you do it and you conform to it because you know that the tagging is, is there. Um, in the same way that you'll stay on MailChimp at times with your business or with customers because you know that it needs that brand, it needs that, that ability to um, agilely create emails on the fly 
and and that's why you do it there. So I, I think there's a real paradox between um, more sophistication equals less beauty, less sophistication equals more beauty, and that that's something that we will um, will definitely keep an eye on and monitor in the future. I had another really interesting question come through today from. Um, a uh, friend of mine who's setting up his own um, business uh, or has his own business. And it's a really cool business. It's called Flatpak Help. If you look it up online on Instagram and if you're in the Belfast area, um, you'll be able to get, if you buy something from Ikea or if you buy something from Argos or anywhere that has Flatpak furniture, I know that it's a pain to put that stuff up. I put up lots of stuff in my time. And every time I go, yeah, I'm going to do this myself, and I do it myself, and I end up I'm about six hours poor, um, and and my sanity isn't isn't totally there at the end of it. So, what um, Flatpak help do is they bring your, um, they'll they'll do the whole thing. They'll get your, they'll pick up your item from IKEA or Argos or wherever you bought it from, bring it to the place that it needs to be put up, put it up for you, and make sure that it's done, um, professionally, and and they do it for a great uh, fee. But um, interestingly, uh. The team at Flatpak Help are setting up their own social media at the moment, and they asked, they sent me through a, a screenshot of a Instagram uh, profile where you could see like the smaller blocks of images, but it had a get quote button on it, and I thought that was really interesting because I've scarred the internet for a get quote button on Instagram. It's not the one just below the bio; it was actually at the bottom, and it looked like it was overlaid on top of the images. Um, and it looked really cool. So we don't know how to do that um, and we want to find out how to do, to do that. It's either a glitch, I don't think it's a glitch, I think it might be a rollout, but it was a very small account that it was being rolled out on, if it is, and we're looking forward to seeing if that's an actual feature on Instagram because it would be quite cool if someone's flicking through your images and they're doing what you like and you can click get a quote. Um, I think that would be very very uh, valuable so unfortunately we weren't able to help to see how with the show Flatpak help how to do that but it was a good thing that we've seen it and we've got it on our on our radar now to look out for on Instagram um, asking people to uh, to get quotes interestingly as well we're actually ordering some items from Ikea we're ordering a bookshelf and a table and a tray and a couple of um, waste paper bins uh, the office is starting to come together. We've had another coat of paint on here. The sign is ordered and we're just making it a nice space to work. Um, we're putting a um, rounded table in with, so there's a place to stay. And I was also looking at a um, projector today. So we're going we're gonna to create this as a nice space and, and we're going to put out some content out there in the, in the near future to show you how, how, it, is, uh, how it is going. Another thing that we did today, today is the start of the month, so there's some bills that need to be paid and I, I think something that's very important that we always try to do and we love it whenever people do it to us, paying us on time and paying people on time. There is nothing worse than a late payment from someone. There is nothing worse in our opinion from not paying someone on time. It breaks trust, it devalues work on whatever side isn't being paid. And it's worse if it's um, unannounced that there's going to be a late payment. Um, so something that we've been doing today is just making sure that all our all our payments are made and all up to date so that our suppliers are, are happy. We're learning that there's 
there's some, you know, there's some huge value in, you know, the suppliers that you're um, working with. Um, there's there's value in really, you know, building a connection with them and building trust with them. And us as suppliers, we really value it whenever a customer tries to do that with us. And we've got um, all of our customers are really, really great. And, and they, they work hard to build that rapport and build that relationship with us. So we need to do that with our suppliers. And I think it's a really good thing to do. So and one way to make sure that you do that and build trust is to pay on time. I think that's very, very important. So uh, I, I think that's something... Um, that anybody can can take and make sure that they that they do. There's been a lot on this podcast about Instagram. Love Instagram. Think it's really cool. Love anything really that has some level of uh, social media aspect to it. But something happened recently where we were on a I was on a Facebook live and there was and I've seen some. It's an Instagram class that's happening right now. Um, maybe not right now, I don't know when it's actually happening, but the, the people providing it have built something like 30,000 followers on Instagram and they've, they follow something like 1,000 people. And I always believe that there's a ratio thing where, you know, you should have, you know, if you're really popular, you should have more um, followers than you are following. But you got to look a little bit deeper. Um, I looked at some of the content and... Although it's not bad content, I wonder about it. I wonder, and there's, there's more ratios to take into account. So how many people are commenting and engaging on your posts with your 30,000 um, followers? It looked like it was something like a couple of hundred on every one, but we at our Instagram right now, really, honestly, we have 200 followers on PDG advertising Instagram account. And we get like a hundred likes on a post as standard, um, based on how we do it. So wouldn't it be wouldn't it be logical to say that if you have thirty thousand, that you should have a lot more likes or a lot more comments and a lot more engagement on your post? We also saw a lady that we'd like to partner with soon, um, Katie Mers, um and her instagram account is beautiful if you get a chance to to look for it um she's a writer and a social media expert blogger and her account doesn't her account has quite a few followers on it but the engagement is on fire so there's there's something suspect i think about thirty thousand followers with very low relative engagement on their posts and i think that's another ratio thing and i think that that is something that should be um, thought about when considering who to get to teach you how to do um, Instagram marketing. I I don't I'm not I'm on the I'm not even on the fence about it. I don't buy it, and I think that that is something that is going to come out uh, very very soon. Look, I'm not even saying that this person has. Um, I, I think it's important to have full disclosure here. I have been in as Peter Doak myself have been in digital advertising for you know as long as Facebook has been around and as long as Twitter has been around so I've tried the things that you know have given us mass followings 
So one was whenever Twitter was was young, um, I bought followers online, something like five dollars on an exchange site, and I bought them, I bought them so that we could look more popular in the idea that we I would be um, then seen as popular. But it was a terrible, terrible idea because it, you lose you lose perspective whenever you do that. So you post something out, and nobody engages on it. So it's like posting it out to no one. It's the exact same as having no one on your on your account. Um, it's even worse on Facebook whenever you do it because the algorithm thinks that your stuff isn't popular because nobody's commenting on it. So it ruins your account status for a long time. And those are things that we learned about ten years ago. I think there's a similar thing that's happening in Instagram right now and probably has been from the start, but it's more about bots. It's more about a follow back thing. It's more about those kind of ghost accounts that are just trying to build up um, following. So I, I'm not sure if that account that I've been musing over that 30,000 account is doing that. I'm not sure that I'm not sure if they are, um, if just bought the following. I'm not sure if they've been using like a follow back strategy or, or what have you, but I think that it's quite clear with 30,000 followers that if you don't, if you have a relative engagement of like 0.0%, then something's not right and you don't get the kudos for it and you don't get the, the, um, the, you don't get to be the person that says how to do Instagram. I don't know if we're that person right now either. I don't think we are. Um, but we're working on that and there's there's time to, you know, um, take, we, we need to take time over that platform to understand it a little bit better um, on how a, a digital advertising agency is able to, to break through on that. So that's something that's very important and something that we'll be uh, that we'll be working hard on in the in the time ahead so thanks very much for listening that's it for today's pdg advertising podcast i have enjoyed it and i hope you have too and i'm wishing you well in your day ahead